Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. why like our internet we have good internet we got Listen, a package Brittany, our condo all right let's just get into this welcome we to screencast everyone welcome, welcome 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 yay we're just complaining about internet stuff and how angry i'm so mad because yeah i know right we pay so much money for internet here in canada and it's like the crappiest it's awful I literally will be sitting in our condo, like in our, in the bedroom. And I have like one bar of internet and the router, like our, the condo is 996 square feet. It's insane. I know. I mean, it's probably because you have like concrete walls and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But at the same time, it's like upstairs in our house. Like we have, our house is actually on the bigger side it's not like massive but you know it's a big old house and you know Allie's room is at one end of the house and anyway I get no internet in her room which is where I really want to set up my little podcasting studio but I'm going to need to buy a booster if I'm going to do that anyway really fascinating I'm sure but it just it's just so maddening to me it's maddening how like right now I'm being told by Zoom that my internet connection is unstable. Like it was That's fine. So frustrating. Five minutes ago, it was. We were fine. chatting about maple syrup, and now and it, everything was fine. <laughs> it's like this episode doesn't want to get recorded. <laughs> I know. Uh, full disclosure to our lovely loyal listeners: this is our second time recording this episode, and then Brittany showed up. <laughs> Having watched and I watched a, the wrong episode. A different episode. <laughs> so I don't know how much better this is going to be. Just full our, disclosure. Our first record after Brittany went out, went and had the nerve, the gall to have a baby. How dare you? You messed everything I'm up. I'm much more rested now. So maybe that'll help. <laughs> Yeah, because the last time we recorded this, we were both like, blah, blah. oh, yeah, so we we're bad. like, oh, it's so good to see you. I'm so tired. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, we're going to try this. I think the maybe- internet. I know it's crazy. It's OK. We're just going to power through. Um, I think is it because Should this I maybe is- try to restart my computer? Oh, Okay. How would that work? I would stay on. I'm still the host. So you can just go off and come back on and I can cut this out. No problem. Yeah. Is that okay? Okay. Give me a second. Let me try to restart. Maybe that'll help. Sure. Sure. You're back. Can you hear me? Yes. There she is. Shall we talk about episode 13? Yes. Yes. Let's. Even though you are not prepared to do this at all. And we have not even remotely, but that's okay. 
possibly some technical difficulties ahead. We're just going to power through. Okay. Bye. Moments of me going, I'm just reading my notes. Uh, so the bad guy, uh, That's all I'm going to do is read my notes. What do you think I do? Buried a body or what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, this episode is called the woman in the garden. Mm-hmm. And we start off. Can, can we get started? Is that okay? Of course. All right, let's do you it. You want to start us off, Brett? Let's go. I can start us off. I slept last night, unlike last time we recorded. So let's do this. <laughs> um, we so, haven't talked about your baby, though. I feel bad. We haven't true. talked enough about your baby. This is our, I just, everybody needs to know, like I said, this is the first time we were really re- recording since Brittany had her little baby boy. And almost five um, months ago. Five months ago, we did record this episode two months after she had the baby boy, but I decided in my infinite wisdom that I hated the recording and I wanted to try again. So we're just, this is our attempt at our sec. I think maybe it's the episode number 13. It's a bad number. Unlucky. It's cursing us. So we just got (laughs) to get through episode 13 and then we can like shoot right into the next dimension. Okay. So we can do it. Perfect. I look forward to talking about episode 14 with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this episode is called the woman in the garden. Um, Basically the episode starts where we see this guy is being arrested and there's a bunch of people looking on around this intersection. The intersection has been taped off. And they're searching this car, this red car that this guy presumably was driving. And in the trunk, there's a body. And not just any body. A body that has been dug up. So this Mm -hmm. guy is a grave digger of sorts. (laughs) And Booth and Brennan have a very awkward interaction with him. Because Brennan Mm -hmm. decides to just assume that his only language that he speaks is Spanish after booth speaks to him in english and is getting nowhere yes i agree with you on all of this brennan (laughs) (laughs) it was a very weird vibe yeah well the thing it starts out like booth and brennan roll up and brennan's all asking like what are we doing here why is the fbi here this is weird it's just some guy getting arrested so then you know booth explains that the plates on the car from virginia and blah 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 blah. but then he turns to her and says why are you asking like you never care like why we're anywhere and she's like oh it's part of this book i'm reading about work relationships about you know asking questions and being interested in your partner but she says it in a way that's like i don't really want to know this but the book told me to ask you these questions to make it seem like i'm interested in what's happening right now i just thought that was really (laughs) she says that she was using it as an excuse to make conversation and establish their connection (laughs) like (laughs) yo that's about as bad as that time that Zach tried to give her a fist pump because yeah, it was something that would, I think it was in the episode I just re-listened to. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, anyway, not, not great, but basically this guy, this suspect is ignoring them in both English and Spanish. So that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Booth points that out and they are 
questioning, figuring out, okay, where's the nearest cemetery? Where would this body have been previously Mm -hmm. buried and dug up? And then suddenly a car approaches and they all have to get on the ground, duck for cover, because this is a drive-by shooting. This black right. car. Pulls up. Very big action scene, which is really cool. But it was funny because we've already established that this guy that they're arresting is part of a big gang called the Modern Muerte. And Brennan's like, This is apparently this neighborhood called Little El Salvador, and she's like yelling at people in Spanish. Anyway, she just and, and they're all Spanish? like, "No, no, no, no! Like, I'm not talking to you, lady." <laughs> she's trying to get them to tell him where the cemetery is, and like people are ignoring her. Her Spanish is pretty terrible, and it's just the way she speaks is like she's talking. Whenever she says something to somebody in Spanish, she says it like they're a kid. They're like. Oh, hablo español. <laughs> like this man. It's so true. But yeah, it's the drive-by kinda... shooting is exciting for sure. The drive-by what shooting is exciting. The scene mm. is just action-packed or like packed full of interesting things because we have like that opening, like you said, where they're coming into this scene and she's like, "I'm going to use this these tools that I learned from this self-help book." And I'm also going to speak two languages. Yeah. And I'm also going to maybe get shot at. That would be cool. There's just right. a couple things that happen. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it ends in a chase where mm-hmm. they end up trying to chase after this suspect because he uses the drive-by shooting as a way to make a break for it. Yeah, he uses and it as an opportunity Booth. to run away. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Booth uh, is pretty upset when he gets away um he was like way ahead of brennan brennan was like trailing far behind trying to catch this guy yeah I but don't he think gets Brennan's away much of a runner and then for sure. the credits roll yes no she's more of a mathlete than an athlete <laughs> um a video i have to share this on social media of the way the booth is running after this perpetrator i just think is really funny like he runs like the six million dollar man he has his arms like down by his side sort of chopping the air beside him and he's running i don't know it just made me laugh the way he's running and i think in the editing of the show they actually sped up that part of the film so it looked like he was running faster than he actually was so it's oh for sure hilarious. Yeah. They actually do that. Do you have you ever seen The Flash, the show The Flash? Yeah, well, I know of it. I've probably seen X like clips and stuff. It is my guilty pleasure. Okay. And actually, I'm I'm kind of I'm like a season behind, but anyway. Um, so The Flash, he's supposed to be like this fast runner, right? This guy who is like super this superhero with super speed. So I was watching a clip of how they record that. And they literally, most scenes, he's actually not even moving, like not even running at all. 
they literally just have him pumping his arms and yeah. all of the and all of the video is just or all of the recording or whatever is just from his like belly button up <laughs> so it's a little trick yeah a little <laughs> trick not everybody can run that well you know it's like people yeah. always make fun of the way tom cruise runs and stuff like that so that's fair yeah. It's very funny. Anyway, so uh, after he loses the perp, is that when we have our intro? Is that we said? We have, yeah, we have our credits, which normally it takes a couple um, scenes to get there, but this was a pretty action-packed, pretty full scene. So it was just the one scene, and then we got straight to the credits, despite there still being 30 scenes. Oh, my God. But also, when... Booth was running after this guy. I just want to say he threatens to shoot him if he doesn't stop. Yeah. He's like, don't I make just... me shoot you. Yeah. But I think in the real world, that guy would be D E A D. He would be yeah. dead. He would be shot. Unfortunately, there's all this like uh, craziness happening with the drive, the dead body in his trunk, the drive by, the running away. Yeah. He would be he would be so down. They would have dead. at least shot at him, probably. Which 100%. makes me think. This is sort of random aside, but okay. cops wear body cams now. This is a yes. thing. Mm. But like if I'm an FBI agent, I'm assuming yes. I don't have a body cam on because I'm in plain clothes. So right. what happens when a shooting happens? A much I more thorough know. investigation, I guess. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know enough about the inner workings of the FBI and their regulations and stuff like that. I, you Either. know, you tend to think that they're a little bit on a higher level, maybe. Yeah. They don't use their guns as much because they're doing more investigative stuff. True. Like the behavioral analysis unit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I used to be, I used to love that show criminal minds. And now I like, I saw an episode maybe like a year ago and I was like, how did I watch this show? this is so <laughs> creepy it's like, so I, bad they have like the worst <laughs> people like the psycho serial killing kidnapping pedophile like how oh. did i sleep so terrible <laughs> so terrible great. well they had very good actors in it though so very good <laughs> and some pretty good looking people oh wow what's his face the you know the bald the bald yes. guy the bald guy <laughs> jason moore no that's not his name I don't know what his anyway. name is, but he's very good looking. Who cares? He's beautiful. Yeah. He's beautiful. Sure. And you know who else is beautiful? Who? No, this segue did not work at all. I was going to say the Jeffersonian lab. <laughs> we have our next scene. <laughs> all right. I'll uh, start with this. So back at the <laughs> Jeffersonian. Okay. We have Zach who's going over the body they found in the trunk of this gentleman's car. And he determines that it had, it was buried for six months. And then Hodges comes in and he starts <laughs> making jokes about necrophiliacs and Angela is here. And she says, ew, again, uh, Zach also says the victim had a bad case of malnutrition. So based on that, they determine that she's uh, from a third world country is that okay to say now a third world country or is that changed? a developing nation maybe ah uh, see i know you're you're really plugged into this language way more than i am 
Only a little bit. My nieces and nephews, they, you know, they keep me sharp. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. I don't have kids around to keep me, keep me honest. It's, it's the really young ones that really got to keep you like, they, they're like, did you learn about this? Do you know this? Do you know that? I, I got a full lecture from my niece the other, not the other day. It was like two years ago about what a transgender person is, wow. what it means to be transgender. I was actually extremely impressed. I did and- know everything she was talking about but I let her just go and I was like this is very impressive yeah what school do they go to must be a public school it is a school actually it is a public school but I don't I don't know the name of it but it's close to you down in the beaches okay I believe you anyway I believe you she's from a developing nation right my education with the children is mostly Luke my stepson I call him the recycling Nazi I don't know if that's okay to say but he's (laughs) basically on my ass constantly about what I put in the recycling (laughs) my dad's like that like my dad will like make sure that things are like rinsed and like my god he's hardcore I get angry I get resentful that the government hasn't stop people from selling packaging that can't be recycled first Mm -hmm. of all second the fact that i have to spend money like basically when i use my energy in my house to rinse things and use this and that's my money i'm spending to do this for you which is a service i'm paying you to do anyway just i find it very like a little backwards i get really mad about it (laughs) they'll figure it out eventually i did see um on the news the other day why was i watching the news Oh yeah. Dangerous. I don't know why. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, but there's this, um, plant in Scarborough whose goal, like they're, they process green bin, um, waste and they right. make it into like packaging. And then that packaging can get put back in the green bin. So they want to eventually oh. replace the recycling bin altogether with the green bin. That's amazing. That's a great idea. Cause that's all mm-hmm. organic waste for people who don't know. We have a thing called a green bin here in Toronto where you put like organic waste in it that can't be recycled. And anyway, you can put everything. This is the thing you can put like diapers in it and dog poo and meat and vegetable scraps like and coffee so much and stuff that you wouldn't so even much think. Stuff. Yeah. It's broken down. And I mean, ultimately, I guess it just all kind of decomposes and biodegrades and yeah. throw it into the soil. So you it's know? pretty fascinating, actually. So what was next? Oh, Hodges. Hodges. <laughs> After Zach determines that this person's from a developing country, Hodges then starts to like tell some kind of spooky story about anyway, he's trying to scare people with a spooky story about empty graves. Yeah, that was weird. And it, it was very, it was oddly specific, like named a specific city. He was like in Pikeville, Tennessee. Yeah. This guy, he dug up their graves and because he wanted to see if the bodies were still going to be there, but they weren't. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. But then there was no like, okay. And then what happened? Like, and then they just moved the on. They, they just ignored him. <laughs> they were just ignoring Hodges. It was so funny. And what happened? Like, next? Oh, okay. We'll just get back to work, I guess. Um, so they, they, Brennan tells Angela that she needs to make a sketch of the face just to try to figure out who this person is, but she makes it clear that they may not find out who they are because she may have been undocumented, which Mm -hmm. is a little bit presumptuous, but we'll find out later that that may have been true. Um, and then buried with the body, we find out that there was a rosary 
and Dr. Goodman is an expert apparently in religious iconography. So she tells Angela to take it and bring that to him and get him to help basically identify where the the rosary may have been made because I didn't know this, but apparently certain rosaries, depending on where they're made, you can identify um they're they're just made differently so they might be able to identify where it was made right which i find is really crazy Mm -hmm. right i mean it's crazy because i mean you can get a rosary anywhere in the world and you know anywhere from the dollar store to the local church to your neighbor like it's sort of hard to believe yeah that someone would be able to identify exactly where it's from. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised that they even made an attempt to do that, but interesting that they would try. Um, Zach interrupts them and and shares that he believes that the cause of death was um, this woman getting hit on the head, basically, yes. um, with something like a baseball bat or something. Right. And then Brennan, as usual, when there's some sort of religious um, aspect attached to a crime scene, mm-hmm. goes on about how this woman was religious. She deserved a proper burial and a headstone. And we're going to find out who she was and we're going to give her that. Yeah. So like very wonderful and kind of her, but it's a All very good side we don't see often. Well, Sorry. after having seen this episode for a few times now. <laughs> I, uh, I'm starting to understand a little bit more, like it's all kind of tied together. Like I was thinking about Brennan's emotional connection to this case. She keeps bringing up, um, all these situations having to do with developing countries, especially South American countries where there's all this political evil, like Guatemala and like all these wonderful <laughs> places that have tons of like political issues and upheaval and, you know, military, um, dominance. And she's talks a lot in this episode about death squads. There's a lot of talk about death squads and nobody wants to talk because of the military and the police and the death squads. And it's just like, okay, honey. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess she's speaking from some experience and some trauma that she had so it makes sense but it's just yeah. a lot i agree i Which agree i, I want to am pretending that i watched this episode very recently because i'm doing for great episode 14 you're doing really really great <laughs> I took very I, thorough notes at least that's helpful. i'm forcing Brittany to do this it's terrible no not at all i'm very excited yeah. to be here <laughs> <laughs> so anyway it's back like a talk the- show yeah, I know, right? So back at the FBI, let's get back to this. Uh, yes. Booth is interviewing this dude. I just want to talk about this guy. <laughs> Miguel uh, Valeda. Vieda, Vieda, Valeda. I don't know how to say it. I think he's at Vieda or Vieda. Okay. Like that. He runs a big street gang called the Venganza Roja Street Gang. And he's played by this dude. He's like a real that guy. Like he's in all, he plays this role a lot. But the thing about this scene, there's a couple of things that happen specifically with the plot. Booth is basically saying that he's accusing his gang of doing this drive-by shooting because the, the person they were arresting was from a rival gang. 
but the, this guy is trying to get Booth to understand that, no, why, why, why do you think I would do this? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And he was trying to get Booth to figure out that it wasn't their gang at all, that it was basically, um, like Mara a fake, Muerte. Yeah. It was a fake drive-by shooting by Mara Muerte, uh, to distract people. Cause he said, he said, he, he pointed out that nobody got killed. Nobody got hit. Yeah. It was, there were no victims. And this guy made a run for it. And by running for it, he made himself a very big target. And yet he didn't get shot at. Yeah. He seems to be fine. Exactly. So, okay. Yeah. So then Booth sort of slowly figures out in the scene that, oh, okay, you're right. Nobody got hit. Everybody's fine. And it would seem logical that the actual gang that he's a member of came to get him out of that situation. But my point in the scene is that I really liked how Booth and this guy faced off on each other. This dude who plays Miguel Vieta, I love his voice. He has like a very specific kind of voice and cadence. The way he speaks is like, it's wonderful. I just love it. I love the way he does it. He's very menacing in a way, like he's smirking at Booth. He's laughing at Booth because he feels like Booth is being stupid. And he's just like, I don't know. He just had this confidence. I don't know. He had a great um, energy in the scene. I just wondered what it would be like to do that scene with them. Like how they work together in that scene. It would be really interesting to ask you know, if we ever had the opportunity to ask David or even the dude who played Miguel, <laughs> of course, I would love to talk to him because he's been in lots and lots of stuff. But I just think it's really I like these scenes where there's they're pairing off like this and sort of yeah. steering each other down and like, like challenging each other. Exactly. I just yeah, you you have that spot on. Booth called him a fierce, fierce guy. He definitely gives off that attitude in this scene. I think I you covered question. that whole that whole scene. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean Why to. Why are take you sorry? Over. Well, that I have a question well though. Yes. I have a question. Do what gang members, do gang members, and I'm I, this is as a white middle-aged Canadian woman asking this question. Not part of a gang? <laughs> <laughs> I just got to check what? No, I'm not. Not yet. Anyway, it could happen. Um, do gang members call each other gang bangers? That's an excellent question. We should put that out to the audience All and right. maybe we put that as a clip or a reel or a TikTok. Wow. We'll see. We'll see. I I'm don't really know if it's worth myself. I clearly don't know social media. <laughs> like, uh, you know, on the thing. Ask uh, the, the, yeah, the video on the Facebook. I'll put it. I'll put it to the <laughs> to our followers and listeners. Do gang members call each other gangbangers? Action item. Get back to me. Let me know. I need to okay? know. Yes. Yes, please. Okay, what happens <laughs> next? Well, we end up back on the platform, the lab. The bones are all laid out. Brennan and Booth are hanging out there. Actually, Booth comes and approaches Brennan on the platform. And they're basically just having this conversation. Hodgins is over at this workstation talking about the samples that he ran or whatever. And they figure out that they 
I think he discovered a LaRocca plant or loco plant, um, which is quite distinctive. So they, this helps them narrow down where this body may have been buried. Um, it was on, it would have been somewhere around where the body was buried at least. So then they mm-hmm. figure out there's only so many places where this is planted. Mm-hmm. And guess what? What? I know where we should where? go first. And Booth's like, okay, Hodgins, uh, you're going to come with us. And he is very excited. He gets to do some field work and obviously yes. asked the same question that Brennan mm-hmm. would have asked. Mm-hmm. Does he get a gun? And does he get a gun, <laughs> Kelly? I know like Booth shows up at the lab. He's all like, you know, Hey, how's it going guys? And he's like telling them what they, he found out after his interrogation with this Miguel dude. And I was like, I was wondering like, okay, so doesn't he follow up on that lead now? Like, why is he at the lab? Like, why is he coming to tell them piecemeal he, all the little things he, he finds Brennan. out? Like, I guess so. Right. This could have like, been a phone call. Just saying, I know, just send her a text. <laughs> But then she tells him that the victim was pregnant. So she that was is a major weeks. detail I forgot. Yes. Yeah, she's five weeks pregnant at the time. And then there was this little tiny scene where he leans on the table where the bones are. And she goes, <laughs> get your hands off of there. <laughs> and it was my first time noticing like her telling him not to contaminate shit. Because he's always getting his hands and everything. And he's breathing oh, and yeah. everything. I feel like they suit even at crime scenes, like they suit up, they wear the booties, like they do all these things. And he just walks in there with his suit, nothing on his feet. Like, Hey, I'm ready to check out this crime scene. I know he just rolls up like Booth is here. He's going to solve the crime, but yeah, they get to Hodgins is actually useful in this episode. And yes. And palatable. Yes. I enjoyed his little, Oh, Oh, not all of it like there's one part like right now the next scene that happens uh, (laughs) you have spoken too soon (laughs) yeah anyway so yeah he wants to he's excited to go do field work and when he asks for a gun brennan was so mad she's like he can't have a gun if i can't have a gun like what about me (laughs) and booth is looking at them like no neither of you is getting a gun i don't know why (laughs) he doesn't get it like why do you guys want guns so much like also we're going to a garden i I think it's gonna be fine (laughs) (laughs) well the next scene we got our first glimpse of we usually when we have car scenes it's literally just booth and brennan and they're Mm -hmm. they're just chatting Sometimes Booth is wearing his orange sunglasses that I hate so much. (laughs) Sorry. I caught you mid gulp. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) This time Hodgins is sitting in the back in the middle seat, just hanging out. Mm -hmm. And he's going on this big rant that, and Brennan really, really chimes in. So Booth is like, what is this NPR radio between the two of you You're running for (laughs) office? What is going on? Is they're talking about these neighborhoods and these undocumented people and how disadvantaged they are and the government's this and the government that. And I was like, the first thing I remember when we first did this, I like Hodgins, I was like, shut up Hodgins. Like I was thinking (laughs) he is so rich. Like people forget he is a really rich man. He has so much money. I was like, 
why don't you do something with that money, Hodgins, instead of blah, 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 all over the place. Exactly. Yeah. I was just like the white privilege of it all. I was just feeling like, come on. Yeah. He's talking, he's literally talking about how the government is bankrupting itself to give tax breaks to the rich. And then there's no money left to help like these people who are less fortunate and people that need job training, maybe more education who could use some good healthcare considering in the States it you, like you miscarry and you have to spend $10,000 to do that, which is insane. It's so crazy. Um, it's unbelievable, but he's also, one of the rich people yeah. getting the tax I breaks. I know <laughs> he's getting tax breaks. It's, it's so, uh, it's ironic. Is it ironic, hypocritical? What's the word I'm looking for? But I, I, it's asked, weird. I also, yeah, it's weird. I also asked if Booth was a Republican. I don't know his politics yet. I would say probably yes. Yeah. Just on the basis that he was in the military. And maybe that is a huge jump. Yeah. Yeah, I'm but, there too. And I would think Hodges would be too because he's a rich guy. Most of those yeah. guys always vote Republican. And I'm like, where is this coming from? You know? I wonder where Brennan would lie though. Yeah, you're right. Because she's also a rich lady. Yes. Unfeeling ah, good- usually. Yeah, it's a good question. I wonder how they vote. <laughs> we should do a whole extra episode on all these characters and who they would vote for. Their political if they lived in Canada, would they be Trudeau fans, Jagmeet Singh, whoever the new leader of the CPC is going to be? The Bloc Québécois. Bloc Québécois, (laughs) the Green Party. Anyway, enough about that. They finally, speaking of the Green Party, they they come across this uh, community garden, San Cristobal Community Garden, and they're looking around. They find this LaRocca plant. Right. Uh, which Hodgins identifies that it's around the same maturity as what they think the was in the soil um, that they found from the body. Um, and then Brennan like gets down on the, on this patch of grass and oh she's God. examining the soil and she's like, aha. And then I learned a new word. Yes. Adipose, adiposeer and picks up the soil. Looks it's at very it. very hard to say, isn't it? It is adiposeer, I think is yeah. it's basically it forms on the body when there's moisture in the ground. So right. she's saying, okay, there was a body here indeed. And then she looks at another area. She spots yes. another spot where there's freshly overturned dirt. Yeah. And she says, we have a double homicide. Actually, Boots I don't know. Is I think Boots but, you know. is that, but it's just—it's <laughs> another one of those scenes where they find all this evidence in one area. I—I I remember also the first time I saw this, feeling like it was crazy that they found this plant, like just driving around the neighborhood. When yeah. I know for a fact that, like the you know the Slovenians, they share seeds, they share plants, they share slicings. So people have the same native plants in their own gardens, you know, in their apartments or, you know, in other places. So I just find it really like, okay. So, and then they find like these perfect body shaped sort of disturbed plots and then Booth finds the rest of the rosary. And then she, anyways, like, boom. And then, oh, Hodgins found the beetles. These Some beetles. beetles. He's like, oh. 
this is perfect <laughs> so they were very lucky like oh boy extremely lucky it seems like most episodes they they do have some sort of lucky break at some point this lucky break came much earlier than usual and helps us learn that perhaps there's another victim right but then i was thinking about wouldn't they be setting up a perimeter getting people to sift through everything look for evidence like it would take so long to like go through all that stuff you know or brennan can you know just like sit down on her knees yeah with her little bag her messenger bag open it up with her little yeah put a pair of gloves on (laughs) that seems secure (laughs) whatever works Uh, man yeah there's a lot of scenes that booth walks in on yeah the next one is another one i know right i didn't really realize that until now but zach and brennan were back in the lab so later later in the day presumably zach and brennan are cutting into a skull and booth walks in and talks about how and tells him that tells them that that he discovered that that garden was scheduled to be excavated next week for construction so that must have been the push that this guy needed this gang banger Mm. fbi agents call them gang bangers apparently um, (laughs) to move the two potential murder victims and Brennan kind of points out, like, who, what kind of gangbanger is going to bury his victims with a rosary? This seems like a very personal um, way to bury a body. And then Zach is like, listen, I got deets. There was head <laughs> trauma. Yeah. <laughs> no gunshot wounds. Um, there was just this subdural. This seems to be like every episode. This person had a subdural hematoma. Right. So basically the head, they got a head wound, then they had internal bleeding in their head and they would have died eventually, not instantaneously. So right. she would have had maybe like a concussion, maybe went to bed, didn't realize she was going to die and boom. And unfortunately she died. Unfortunately she did die. You're correct. So they're trying to figure out basically the, this scene ends with them realizing that this skull has some patterning on it so they can try to use that to determine what the weapon was right but for right. now that's kind of as far as we got so that's the new evidence that we're working with so they leave the lab and booth and brennan are walking away and uh he tells her that he's going to bring in the leader of the mara muerte gang to interview them and he's sarcastic with her. Like she, uh, there's a bit of banter. He's sarcastic with her. And then she tells him that, you know, in this book I'm reading about work relationships, they tell <laughs> me that sarcasm is not helpful. And I was, I, my notes, I wrote sarcasm is life. Sarcasm is life. I'm telling you, I'm I the most like sarcastic person. That's you'll the ever way meet. to live. I agree. I agree. Do you know, I almost got fired because I'm a sarcastic bitch. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I was at this place. I was an accounting firm, the place I've told you about before. There's yeah. a woman that I worked with who, I don't know if I told you this, but, uh, if I told you this, stop me, but I, uh, she reported me to human resources because she thought what? I was really mean. <laughs> oh, I don't think you're mean. Very kind. Sarcastic. I was very sarcastic and dry. Like my humor can be a little, you know, some people don't understand sarcasm though like at all like yeah any level of it so it can come across like if you're if you're a sarcastic person i can definitely be like that 
I guess, and, but I don't have time yeah. for people who don't get it. And also she ended up absolutely loving me at the, I never, I didn't end up getting Perfect. fired. I sat her down and talked with her. Like after I got called into human resources, I went up yeah. there and I said, Let, let's have lunch together. So we did. And she learned that I'm not, I'm a nice person. And just like, I'm not a bad guy. And I asked her questions about her life and she really liked me. And we ended up having a great time together. So if you're listening, if you're out there, lady who thought that <laughs> Kelly was too sarcastic, I hope you're enjoying our podcast. <laughs> Cause I am never going to stop. I'm sorry, but sarcasm is important to me. It's a part of my it's part of my, my whole being. I can't help it. So what happens next there? You said they were walking and talking. Yeah. Brennan was giving some lecture about this book that she is reading about sarcasm. Yeah, that's right. But then they run into Hodgins. And what does Hodgins have to tell them? He found some weird pond scum (laughs) or some (laughs) detritus. um, That is that wonderful. Some good evidence. Found <laughs> some evidence of this crazy plant that hasn't been like there's no known. Um, I don't know. They they haven't seen it since 1800, basically, and it was given to specific people as gifts in the government. And there's specific plants from El Salvador, and they were given to the White House, and they were given to the specific senator. And it was called. I don't know what it was called. Did you? It write was it called. Down? Genetic, they found genetic material from a Franklinia Alatamaha and Booth was sarcastic and was like, you're kidding. I'm in shock, Frankie, Alabama. You don't say. (laughs) (laughs) Love it so much. Like literally just had a lecture about sarcasm and then he was sarcastic. Booth's not going to change, but Frankie, Alabama is possibly... I don't know. We have to like, I want like a t-shirt that says that or something like, I don't know. I just want like a dog named Frankie, Alabama. I hundred percent like just Frankie, Alabama. It's a great name. I feel like it would be like a character in tiger King. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, and here's the trainer. uh, The here's the uh, tiger trainer, Frankie, Alabama. Frankie, Alabama is our trainer today. Hello, I'm Frankie, Alabama. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, somehow Hodgins ends up back on another trip with them mm-hmm. um, and is like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm going to come. We're going to go look for this Frankie, Alabama at the sender's place. I'm so pumped. Even though I don't yeah. get a gun, I call a shotgun. Guess what? He's in the back seat in the next. I seat. know <laughs> this was my favorite. I love that he's like, I call shotgun, and then he ends up in the back seat and he's complaining about like how they're not following the rules of shotgun. <laughs> the poor guy, all he wants to do is have a gun and sit in the front seat. Is that too much to ask? Well, man, I used to get into like knock down, drag out fights with my brother to get into the front seat. Oh yeah. The car. Same with my sister. <laughs> like we literally running out the door. Like I call shotgun. Man. Oh my God. I, I get it. <laughs> we were like so nasty. And now to this, I don't know why, man. Cause like, I really do. I'll sit in the back seat. It's the great. back is perfectly fine. <laughs> I think maybe it's also now we have phones to occupy ourselves. Whereas in the front, you could like control the radio and the heat or the air. That's very true. Yeah. See more. 
You put a tape True. on, a CD in. Well, Hodgins um, is in the back seat, so he likes to talk about things because uh, he doesn't have his phone with him. Mm-hmm. He likes to complain, like you said, about not having shotgun. They yeah. are talking about doing relaxing things because somehow i don't know how this even came up they're just like oh booth was theorizing oh true trying to figure out like the the how the senator fits into this scenario it's like a puzzle he was saying and then brennan's like i love puzzles (laughs) and booth is like wait that's what you like to do to relax i prefer to restore cars then hodgins Mm -hmm. is disgusting and implies something by saying i know what i find relaxing no it's booth because hodgins goes i know what i find relaxing and then booth goes ah shut up hodgins everybody likes everybody thinks what you find relaxing is relaxing basically assuming that hodgins wants to talk about whatever but maybe he he was about to say something like i find naps relaxing no, he likes to uh, do conspiracy theories. That's what he does to relax. Yes, that is relaxing for him. Well, anyway, we are trying to figure out if the sender murdered two people. And we're going to find out whether he did. But basically, his big connection to this whole scenario is that he's a big supporter of business leaders in Central America and somehow they think that that will somehow possibly connect him back in addition to the plant. We'll find out. We're about to meet him. He seems like a very nice guy. You think the Senator is a nice guy. Okay. This is interesting. He seems like a, no, he's kind of a perv a little bit. I don't know that he was a perv. I just think it's really funny because when they arrive at the Senator's house, (laughs) yes, the first shot is of some, south american guy raking leaves on his lawn and then we see them we're introduced to the senator and his wife and they're sitting in these adirondack chairs and they're both wearing v-neck sweaters and button-down shirts this is like the v-neck sweater family so they're sitting there talking about their wonderful relationships with the el salvadorans and how connected they are to the people of el salvador and blah 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 is he awake Brittany's looking at her baby monitor. Sorry, he was smashing his legs. He does this thing where he self-soothes by smashing his legs down. He's fine now. We will just put that away. He's in the shower. He's a flailer, is he? Oh, big time. Sorry, tell me more about their their outfits and just that they're wearing v-neck sweaters and button-down shirts, and they talk about how close they are with the El Salvadorans and how it's so wonderful. And then they get asked how many people work at their house. And they have like 20 people working at their house at any given time. Give or take. Oh my God. And they don't like, we discover throughout the rest of the episode, how basically they have 20 people working at their house and they don't know what any of them look like. Basically. They just have no idea. Yeah, (laughs) Somehow they don't know who works there, but they do. They did make a very specific, they made the point to Booth saying that all their staff members are either legal aliens or citizens saying like no one illegal works here don't send ice our house managers in charge of hiring them and training them and managing them so everyone you see here is legal don't worry 
Yeah, like let's make a point of that. And then we are introduced to their son named Logan, who is also wearing a V-neck sweater and a button-down shirt. He is. I feel like the costume person took the day off that day and they just <laughs> put them all in the same outfit. It was we make this uh, family look a little bit pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just look like they work at, I don't know, Xerox or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Logan apparently is studying landscape architecture. And he's doing this by observing everyone else plant flowers in the garden and making sure they're putting the flowers in the right place. I think uh, last time we talked about this episode, we talked about the fact that it is so annoying (laughs) when people supervise like that. And as someone who cleans homes, I'm sure that you can (laughs) attest to that. That if you're trying to clean someone's like bathroom or kitchen Ugh, or whatever, um, and they're like, oh, I'm just going to supervise you. I'm taking bathroom architecture. I We should um, do, honestly, if we start a Patreon, we'll do a behind the paywall episode and I will spill the tea. I will tell you <laughs> whatever you want to know. I'll tell you. I want to know secrets. everything. I'll talk about, you know, the woman the ones who had affairs this one who got divorced that one who did that honey you know everything is they just chat (laughs) no you go to their house and you see things you notice figure it out figure it out i have like those deducing capabilities you know that would be a fun experience (laughs) and yes people who watch you work are the worst the worst the worst of the worst are the ones that lift their feet up while you vacuum under their feet those are the worst no. of the worst of the worst absolutely i want to like punch people in the throat that do that i'm just like who who just does that leave the room just get the fuck out of here <laughs> i had um someone come to clean two months ago just when things were like a bit more hectic with the baby i was like it would be really helpful to like get back on track with the cleaning so we had someone and it was awesome. It was super helpful. But when they were here, I was like, I'm just going to go to like, I ended up going to my mother-in-law's place because I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. I feel so bad. Like I live in a condo. I'm like in their way. Yeah. It's a small space for sure. So anyway, sorry for the fifth time I'm getting us sidetracked. So he does landscape architecture at Georgetown. He likes to supervise mm-hmm. people. He wears uh, pretentious clothing. Mm. And then we meet Hector. Tell me about Hector. Well, Hector's the house manager. There's a few things about Hector that are really interesting, but Logan was shown a photograph or a picture of Jose of, sorry, the, the guy that they arrested, apologies, the guy they arrested originally at the beginning of the show, because they're trying to identify this dude. And Logan identifies as him identifies him right away as jose vargas he says oh that's jose he works as a gardener here sometimes and all so, his parents were like no like, no they had no him. idea who he was they were like i've never seen this man before but logan knows who he is right away so i was like interesting and also booth is saying the guy's in a gang and the family's like no we don't hire gang people we hire documented people so they're just very confused by it all 
And the other thing that was really funny to me was, uh, and you'll notice this later and it's in a, like in the same scene, but by the pond, Jose, or sorry, Hector, the house manager speaks perfectly good English. Um, he's <laughs> totally fine to have a conversation with you in English. You don't have to speak Spanish to him at all. And, um, so what happens is Hodgins, they sent Hodgins off to go by, look by this pond because they're looking for an area where they would have the same detritus and stuff that he found at the lab. He comes bursting out of the bushes. I found something. I found something by the pond and they, and Brennan goes off like she, the way she just takes off, like just running after Hodgins, like oh, so excited because he found something. And then I'm sorry, but this is really crazy. Did you have <laughs> subtitles on? Oh yeah. I have it written here. Exactly what was said too. Like Brent, he, they just were talking to Hector and he was speaking in English literally milliseconds before Brennan starts to talk to him <laughs> and then starts asking her, like it starts asking him in Spanish. Did you recently do some planting over there? And uh, can I borrow a trowel? <laughs> I know, but she's asking him in Spanish. First of all, and she on the show itself, they subtitle every time Brennan speaks Spanish, they put the subtitles underneath. Yeah. But then when anyone else speaks Spanish, it just says speaking Replies Spanish. In Spanish. <laughs> it just says speaking Spanish. Yeah. It only translates her. Yeah, actually, yeah, I did notice that. Weird. That was so weird. And then she's asking, you know, can I have a trowel? And I'm like, Brendan, they're right there. Like, why do you have to get him to give you a trowel? Like they're in like right within arm's reach. I don't understand. She asks him in Spanish and he responds in English. I know. (laughs) And then she's like, gracias. I know. (laughs) This is like when I... Went to Mexico as a teen and I was like, Coca Dieta con Limon, por favor. Oh, like, no, just say Diet Coca Lime. <laughs> Mas cerveza, por favor. Gracias. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> well, anyway, after all like- this, they find a second body, don't they? Yeah, sorry. Moving along, she digs up <laughs> like two inches of ground and there's a dead body right there. It's like, I, these people are bad at burying bodies, man. Every time. Yeah, they didn't really do much effort. It was very uh, take much effort. It was, it was a pretty shallow grave. I agree. I agree. But so now they get they, that body back to the lab, don't they? Yes, they do. And then what do we find out about this guy? We're finding out that this was a male who died six months before the girl that they found. Mm-hmm. He is approximately over 60 i don't think i need to say approximately he is over 60 he has hispanic origins mm-hmm. and goodman also comes in and lets them know that he's he's uh reassembled the rosary that they found mm-hmm. and they've determined that it was found in a very specific or created in a very specific area of el salvador um so they kind of figure out that maybe this person was from that specific village, Malegro de la Paz. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where Brennan gets into the death squad talk 
a little bit because she was just there three years ago helping to identify some death squad uh victims she was actually in that village she's yeah in that exact village in the exact village milagro de la paz and i was like that's pretty coincidental very specific angela kills me in the scene oh my god and she does the same thing (laughs) she she loves to give victims smiles when she draws them so she sketched this woman not the one that they have the body of obviously this is a man so the the original woman that they found she sketched the woman she was pregnant she was starting over in a new country so she gave her a smile to make her look hopeful to make her look hopeful like what okay i guess yeah like maybe a neutral expression like maybe it should look more like a passport photo you're showing no glasses on i like it's just it's a lot why angela why (laughs) and also does she know that she was starting out starting over in a new country they have not they have not figured out who this person is oh my god like this could be a person that was born and raised in the united states of america but happens to have that background no i think they know wait no they figured malnutrition out the, yes that she was from a developing country we can just take that part out when we edit oh, that's fine <laughs> who cares we're not gonna well, they figure out this whole thing so basically she makes this draws this picture just so they figure out what she looks like but basically they they still need to clean the bones to find the cause of death for this this new guy right and unlike the original victim this victim has a bullet lodged in one of his bones Mm. um hodgins is like military issue those are the kinds of weapons gangs like thank god he's here thank goodness gotta get all that information but it it ends up being pretty um presumptuous of them because they find this like military issue bullet and they assume that that must be the cause of death right 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 right. but if they're just looking at an x-ray right now are they or they just yes yeah they're just looking at or no are they looking at the actual they are looking at the bones but they need they still need to be cleaned oh okay so it's not cleaned yet so they haven't okay i get it i get it but they're they're like magnified over top right 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 and on to a suv driving scene scene 12 what happens right so after brennan talks a little bit more about the death squads because of the bullets and all this stuff that seems to be bringing up a lot of memories for brennan in this episode about Mm -hmm. el salvador this village the death squads like it seems very touchy this very very traumatic for her i think she like she has it seems kind of like not i'm no no psychiatrist but she seems like maybe she has a little bit of ptsd from her experience there i think so well (laughs) something comes up later that mm, would definitely point to that yeah. So next they go, Booth and Brendan go to Jose Vargas's house. So it's this really terrible apartment. It's like terrible, dark apartment with awful furniture. And it's just a gross place. It's sort of like if somebody rented out my house to do a TV show. That's what I always think. Like <clears throat> Greg's sister has a beautiful house and she always rents her house out to do TV commercials and things like that. And I was like, I wonder if they would rent ours out for like a murder show or like a serial killer You're, movie. I haven't been to your house, but from the from the episodes we've recorded, the rooms look nice. <laughs> oh, honey, 
honey, I'm I'm the worst person to ask because I think this place is a shithole, but it's my, you know, it's our million dollar shithole in downtown Toronto. So what can you do? What can you do? Uh, yeah, so they're in this terrible apartment and they're trying to find Jose. They go in, Booth draws his gun immediately because he's on high alert. And I understand why he would be, obviously. We're looking at two bodies. This guy's on the loose. They haven't found him yet. There's gangs involved, possibly. Yeah. Like there's I can understand why he would be a little extra intense, you know. But Brennan's approaching it from this place of like empathy and compassion for the people and how they might perceive, you know, law enforcement, etc. So they go around the apartment trying to find Jose. They discover a baby bottle that's still warm. So then Brennan talks about the idea that a lot of people in these small towns that were taken over by dust squads would build false walls in their homes and hide. So they look for a false wall, they find one, and what do they find? Well, they find Jose's wife and baby, Mm -hmm. and I should get a little closer to the microphone. (laughs) So they find um, Jose's wife and baby hiding behind this, this false wall. And Booth, like you said, Booth's approach is very, like, to the point, very what you would expect of like an FBI agent, like trying to scare them almost. And Brennan is having none of that because he's basically saying, do you want to be deported? Do you want to see your baby again? I can Mm -hmm. send you back to El Salvador and we can keep him. Um, We're going to call immigration. We're going to do all these things unless you help us find Jose. Yeah. And Brennan is like, who are you? No, like, what are you doing? This is awful. This poor woman, she's lived with terror and intimidation her whole life. I'm not gonna, this is one situation where these people actually do only speak Spanish. (laughs) Right, right, right. So she's supposed to be translating and, and Booth is saying specific things and she's saying, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, and eventually he kind of backs down, but I don't know how much information they actually get from from these people i don't think that they actually get anywhere with this woman and, no and i don't think that this scene was necessarily about her she seemed very unimportant to the scene <clears throat> the main focus of the scene seemed to be the two like booth and brennan and their different reactions to the situation and i was saying how i wrote in my notes that booth was acting like he was hopped up on something like he was really oh, easy yeah. His, it was like he was on drugs. It was weird. He was all like, da, da, da. and she was very like, like, don't be so crazy. This woman didn't do anything. Like, be and like she I looks kind of, scared. This woman looks scared. Yeah, sitting there with her baby. It's an interesting. The two different approaches. I find that really interesting because I mean, we could talk about this in terms of law enforcement and how they deal with situations like this, and how maybe it would be more helpful to have the other person there to be empathetic and compassionate and try to put everything into context, you know, like it would just, you know, but again, I understand both uh, perspectives, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you said, it was kind of a filler scene, but at the same time it helps, it helps a little bit to develop their characters or at least give, put help, put an empathetic spin on Brennan's character. We've seen her be very, dry well she's not very, empathetic 
aloof and cold aloof. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. So, <clears throat> but it also That's helps the scene also is interesting because it helps them later when they have a little discussion about it. So it's, yeah. it's kind of cool. So anyway, yeah. we go back to the lab. What happens there? So we're back in the lab with Zach, Brennan and Angela, and they're examining more remains. And we find out a very important fact. We find out that they, both of these bodies, they both have a very specific um, marking. They have this sternal foramen. So they have this hole in their sternum. Um, and it is something that would be genetic. It's a hereditary condition. So they basically determine that these two individuals, one is the father and one is the daughter. Right. So the father was reburied. The gangbanger Jose <laughs> was presumably trying to take the daughter to be reburied as well when the cops pulled him over. And which is really sad, actually, if you think about it yeah anyway um but basically they start kind of figuring out they they start what is that called they're coming up with scenarios i guess they're theorizing on they're the theorizing what happened exactly and they're like oh because they they claim to not like i i was asking earlier to in my notes like about hodgins how he claims to not like to theorize because he's a scientist but all he does is theorize like he's all he loves to cons- theorize <laughs> conspiracy theories. I don't understand why he says that. But anyway, they all yeah. uh, jokingly start like they suggest, like, let's pretend we're Booth, right? It's so funny. They kind of like <laughs> impersonate him. They like try to do like the same <laughs> motions that he would do exactly like with their hands and like throwing things in the air or whatever. And yeah. basically, like all the theories are kind of like they're kind of none of them really are that good ones like the daughter got pregnant from the killer in el salvador then came here and then he <laughs> catches up and then they fight he joins the gang kills her like all so these crazy. things that are just like oh they're a little zach, outlandish fortunately, yeah <laughs> it's a little out there but yeah. zach kind of uh stops the scenario or this uh theorizing by pointing out that he mm-hmm. has kind of figured out that the bullet um, is stuck in the bone because in the pelvic bone, because the bone has started to heal around the bullet, which means mm-hmm. that he didn't die by being shot. That was an old injury, an injury, just a casual bullet. Wound. <laughs> um, and they figure out he actually wasn't murdered. He actually had cancer, mm-hmm. um, possibly prostate cancer. And basically they come to the conclusion that this guy was shot and survived, but then he died of cancer. So it kind of creates this pretty sad scenario where, Mm -hmm. but also somewhat relieving that one of the two victims isn't a victim at all. It's someone who died of natural causes. Right. So they're discovering it's not a homicide. Yeah. So that's an interesting point. And after this, the next scene is Brennan goes to Booth's office to sort of talk to him and reconcile after their last interaction at the Vargas's apartment. And uh, Booth's upset because the wife got herself uh, like an immigration lawyer, basically, or somebody, an advocate for non-documented people to help her. And then uh, he says that the leader of the Mara Muertes gang is going to come in for questioning. And Brennan's very interested in how he managed to 
get that to happen. And he basically promised to get the leader of the gang's sister out of jail if he would come in and talk. Or no, he wants them yeah. to cough so up. To get the charges dropped. Right, 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 right. Get so some possession wants- charges. Yeah. Right. So he said, I need you to bring Jose in for questioning. So they need the gang to bring them Jose. But he he promises this gang leader that he's going to get this girl that the, the sister out on possession charges. And Brendan's like, wait, can you do that? And he's like, yeah. I don't know. It's a local problem. I'm federal. <laughs> so you know what? Like, thank goodness. He, some people have bad sisters. He's cashing checks, bad checks. This guy is cashing bad checks. Oopsies. Yeah. So the next scene is somewhat troublesome because the car pulls up to the FBI building and Jose is obviously beaten with a note attached to him saying special delivery for agent Sealy Booth, FBI. Mm. So it would appear that Mayor Morte had him this whole time and they were beating him. Mm for whatever reason Who knows? and now he has been delivered and he is yes. now in the hospital yeah he's in the hospital he's got all these injuries we're not going to bother listing them but they beat him up really bad there's a and lot booth, yeah there's a lot but booth is like does not waste any time and starts hard lining him like what's going on who did you why'd you kill them where'd you get this body but like it's just like ton like peppering this guy with questions and like accusing him of this and i'm going to take your wife away you're going to get deported your child's going to do this your child all this and then jose i have ice on speed dial (laughs) exactly threatening him with all these things and jose is like hold on man like that's my son you can't threaten me like this like do you have children and booth goes no i don't have children and then brennan's there she goes yes you do (laughs) what are you talking about Tell the gang member that you have kids. She totally <laughs> blew up his spot. I thought it was really funny because he's like, what do you, Booth, what do you mean? You do have a son. He's like, yeah, but it's I don't so mean, murder though. anybody. <laughs> it's so mean though, because she's like, yes, you do. And he's like, well, I'm a fit father. So it's different. Yeah. And it's like, just... oh, you so don't know mean. this guy's situation. Yeah. But, well, Brennan is stirring up shit though. She's looking at Jose's x-ray. And yeah. notice that he has the same marking on his sternum as the other two, we'll call them victims, although one is that one died of natural causes. Right. Um, which means that they kind of deduce that this must have been his father and his sister. Yeah. So he was trying to move the bodies because he found out that they were going to be digging up that area. Um, and well, trying to move the bodies basically got caught yeah but they want to know what their names they basically they want to know what their names are and he does give the names Mm. Morte was their family name maria was the the woman and the father was augustine yes but that's as far as he'll that's all the information that he'll give to them yeah he just gave them the names he's being very close like tight-lipped about anything yeah he's you know, I don't blame him on trouble. No. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You have to be very careful for sure. So <clears throat> after their visit with Jose, they were back at the FBI in an air interrogation room and we meet Ramon Ortez, the leader of the area's Mara Muerte gang. And he is played by a real 
stalwart uh, Latin character actor named uh, Emilio Rivera. He's been in, listen, I could go on all day about Emilio. He's amazing. He's been in so much stuff. He's been around for years and years and years. And he's also got this, this character of Ramon Ortez, the leader of the gang. He's very cocky and confident and he has no care in the world. Like he's coming in like very casually to the FBI interrogation room and just acting like he does not give a crap. And Brendan's like, how can you walk in here like this? Like, you're a really bad guy. Like, how can you come in here and be like this and be so confident that no one's going to, you know, put you away or whatever. And Ramon is just, I don't know. He's just has the confidence of a real evil dude. (laughs) Oh yeah. This guy plays, like you said, the actor is phenomenal. He plays this Mm. character to a T how you would expect this, like, super crazy gang leader to be mm-hmm. um he basically he's so cocky yeah. he they try to ask him questions about jose and his only response is that if he find and i can't believe he even said this but he doesn't know who killed these people but you know what if he figures out who killed jose's sister then you know what, Brennan, I like you so much that if I find out who did it, I'll kill him myself. <laughs> like we're in an FBI building and you're saying like, I'm going to kill people. I love Booth. He says, I think he says it to Booth after Brennan left the room, but I was just like, and Booth was like, he just shook his head. Like you idiot. Like, no, I don't need you to do that. Thanks anyway. Oh Cause before goodness. that he was coming. Oh yeah. Back. Brennan was upset. He was I coming on up. to Brennan. He was telling her, oh, what's the matter? You got to loosen up, baby. I'll be, he calls her, you know what he says? He goes, I'll be your Adoran, Adoran's El Salvadoran. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'll, I'll make you nice and relaxed, baby. And he's like, like this. And she just leaves she's so mad at him. And that's when he offers to kill whoever killed Maria. And Booth was just like, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. It was like crazy i forgot yeah he gives her like a kiss gesture like he goes and she's like oh ew like this is disgusting i'm leaving yeah yeah but don't worry that's not the last we'll see of brennan and ortez together because what does she do oh honey she's at the elevator she wants (laughs) to leave she's over it and then my friend ramon approaches her and he's kind of talking to her like, hey, baby, how's it going? Why don't you press that button for me? And the, anyway, <laughs> he's being a real. It's gross. He's being gross. Yeah. <laughs> and then she turns around to him and she faces off with him and says, what do you do with people who aren't intimidated by you? Because she just isn't taking his crap. And then what does he do? He oh it's not good <laughs> ortez grabs a hold of brennan's arm what's the rule Brittany? and booth is like i wouldn't do that because number one rule do not touch not brennan, touch brennan. <laughs> and he slam she slams him onto the ground i know he's like bitch and takes a swing at her which yep. i was like whoa yeah but she ducks because she's a professional fighter and uh, he tries to punch her. She keeps blocking him. 
He ends up on the ground. She steps over him, gets in the elevator, and the elevator closes with this dude just laying there. I know. And Booth is like, you feeling better? And she's like, yeah. Yeah, actually, I do. I, I, feel, I feel great now that I've yeah, assaulted great. someone exactly. in an FBI building. First of all, Booth does <laughs> nothing. He does nothing. He watches this whole altercation go down. <laughs> Second, I don't think a guy like Ramon would actually do that. Like, I think that she would hit him. He falls down. He has a bloody nose. And then I, I would think a character like that would start laughing and just let it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being like, okay, like crazy bitch. Yeah. I don't (laughs) think he would come and hit her. I just don't think a, a guy would do that. Especially like a Spanish dude. I honestly this gang leader. Think, yeah. I don't think they would bother. Well, she ends up quite happy. She's back at the Jeffersonian. She's working at her desk. Angela enters oh, and they Angela's have this. Here. This is the, the scene that you were kind of talking about earlier. Right. Where maybe she does have some form of PTSD because Brennan talks to Angela about first of all angela comes in and is like are you insane why on earth would you try to fight this gangbanger not not just any gangbanger but like he's a leader of this really terrifying gang yeah and then she kind of goes off about how she feels like she needs to stand up to people like that because when she was in i think it was when she was in el salvador right yeah um she was trying to identify all these bodies or whatever and they told her um these death squad guys i guess came up to her and they end up ended up kidnapping her they tossed her in a cell with dirt floors no windows and they came in every day making her believe that she was gonna die yeah um which is horrible but she she basically because that experience she promised herself that if she ever had the chance that she would get even but it's like the this is not the same level like these are not the same people this is not the situation to work out this problem she's having first of all second why is this the first time that angela's hearing about this yeah she's her best friend i thought i thought they were best friends (laughs) yeah well and then she also but maybe it might makes sense that she didn't tell her because she's at the end of all this she like kind of goes on and then she's like but i don't need i don't just because i did that and like because i wanted to get even that doesn't mean i need therapy it's like maybe she never opened up about it before because it was something that was just like she's too strong to need to talk about it which i really am curious about this character and her you know uh her belief that she doesn't need therapy and psychology is blah 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 or psychiatrist this or that i don't know where they're going with this because i'm wondering what kind of message that sends especially for somebody who was kidnapped and held in a cell for three days and tortured and told they were going to die yeah i just don't serious trauma (laughs) yeah the fact that she's even remotely functioning right now is pretty admirable i appreciate that but also like take care of yourself honey (laughs) definitely well so they're having this wonderful moment where angela's kind of where she's actually letting angela in and angela's not just trying to get her to have sex with some random guy that she (laughs) is 
dating their friend or whatever <laughs> um but hodgins ruins it when he walks in he's like oh uh sorry am i interrupting a female moment i just wanted to tell you about this wood that killed maria oh my god and they're like no this is not a female moment but the moment has passed and what kind of wood was it yeah right also so, if it was a female moment you'd close the door okay yeah exactly <laughs> also maybe just a moment maybe they were just having a moment just a regular yeah. moment <laughs> yeah doesn't have to be female exactly well we find out that basically the wood is this very expensive very rare wood called kumaru mm-hmm. um is it senatorially expensive kelly <laughs> You know what? I think Hodgins says that. He does. And or no, Br- is- Brennan says it actually. Does she? I thought that yeah. was very clever. I thought that was like, is it senatorially? Like, and Hodgins find- eats it up. Oh, yeah. He's, He's like, like, most yes. definitely. They yeah, use it for <laughs> to make furniture. Very expensive <laughs> furniture. It's very cool. Ooh. So where do they end up? It makes sense that they would go back to the home of the senator, perhaps. So this is hilarious to me. Brennan goes back to the house of the senator. She brings Angela's sketch with her and shows it to the senator and his wife. And guess what, guys? They don't have any idea who this woman is at all. Surprise, surprise. But you know what? Maybe she wasn't smiling all the time when she was there. She didn't smile. Who knows exactly? Um, but Hector, our house manager, does know who she is, and he says that she was a maid there. And I'm sorry, but how many maids do they have in this house running around? And how do they like even when you watch a show like Downton Abbey or The Gilded Age, which I don't know if you've watched any of those shows, like they seem to know their staff and they have more than they have like about 20 people there running these. But places, I wouldn't think right? like how many maids do you need? How many housekeeping staff do you really need? The house was big, house, but it wasn't like maybe three. Yeah, maybe so four. We tops. wouldn't know one of three people. Yeah. Do you go? Kinda hey, bad. you over there? Can you help me clean out this cupboard? Like, no, you would know their name. Yeah. Or even if it was, hey, you, because you're rude, then <gasps> you would at least recognize their face. Maybe they have some disease that prevents them from recognizing faces. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry that's funny <laughs> regardless Hector claims that basically this woman Maria just didn't show up for work one day and he just figured she took off Booth is just like not having it and just is coming out with the tough questions and is like Hector was Maria involved with the senator and the senator is like oh how dare you <laughs> They start talking to him. They start, the senator and his wife start talking to Hector like he's a child because Hector's <laughs> being very cagey and sort of hesitant and doesn't really want to say anything in front of them, which yeah. I would totally like, I don't know. I just, I find it interesting that they would put Hector in this situation. Like, why wouldn't they take him aside into another room and talk to him privately? Yeah. It's not like he's a minor. It's not like he's their child. <laughs> No, but they're like, like it's okay, Hector. You tell the good law person, you know, you go ahead and you tell him the truth, (laughs) Hector. Like they're talking to him like he's a kid. 
Yeah, it's not good. So then Hector's super uncomfortable because this is his whole livelihood. Like he could lose his job. There's all these like different sort of political issues in having to reveal certain things, you know? And he has tea to spill. A hundred percent. What does he tell them? He tells them, okay, no, the senator was not involved. However, remember the guy that was taking gardening engineering? (laughs) Logan? his son gardening engineering i love it <laughs> the supervisor you, you change it from landscape arts architecture to gardening engineering i love it <laughs> the former sandwich artist yeah. um <laughs> that he was involved with uh with maria and oh my yeah. goodness the faces of his parents they were like what shocking logan my golf shirt wearing son. I know. My V-neck sweater boy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so the next scene, so they said, he basically says, yeah, Hector tells everybody like Logan's the one who's been banging this maid. So the oh, next yeah. scene, I guess we're in, I, I guess we're in Logan's room. For some reason, they can talk to Logan by themselves, but yeah. they can't talk to Hector by themselves. Also so. at the end of the last scene, I just thought it was very funny because- Hector was like, Logan was the one involved with Maria. And Brennan was kind of obtuse. She's like, what kind of involved? <laughs> like, are they playing Euchre every Sunday? Oh like, my God. Well, what's the deal? Brennan. Anyway, they're talking to Logan. Yes. And somehow they he does not know that Maria is dead, which makes absolutely no sense because no. she was only five weeks pregnant when she died. Mm-hmm. and he had just and she had been missing for what six months yeah so seven months ago he mm-hmm. saw her mm-hmm. um anyway that makes no sense to me but basically brennan notices the bed was made of kumaru wood and she's looking at the bedposts and kind of realizing wait a minute Mm-hmm. This looks like something that may have caused that pattern on her skull, on Maria's skull, that right. she may have been hit with this. And she gets up on top of the bed post, and sure enough, she finds dried blood and skin on the post. So it mm-hmm. appears that we found the spot that Maria had hit her head. We found our quote unquote weapon for sure. Exactly. So the next scene, like after they tell Logan that Maria died. That's when he sits down and then he's very upset. Like he's visibly upset. Like, cause he wasn't admitting to anything until they told her that he died, that she died. And then he was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. So they find the skin and blood. Then they take him to the FBI for interrogation. And he's in the room with his lawyer or his father appointed a lawyer for him. And the lawyer keeps saying to Logan, like, stop talking, don't say anything, all this stuff. But Logan's still like totally in shock about the fact that Maria's dead. And Booth is reminding the lawyer, like, this is purely a courtesy. Like, we could have made a huge scene at the senator's house and there would be a lot more bad press. Like, yeah, we're exactly. doing you a favor by not making a big deal about this and by not arresting him, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and Logan is very heartbroken and i just realized like wow he just found out that his girlfriend's dead and she was pregnant like 
all in, in one, one day. go. Like it's crazy, right? Like, but also was he-, he was, sorry, you go. No, I don't. Well, you can answer this. What was he thinking? When she was gone for six months. That's exactly what I was thinking. So she's been gone for six months. Plus she was five weeks pregnant, which I guess is really only like a week. No, that would have been like three weeks since she had sex to get pregnant. Because pregnancy is weird. And you're pregnant for two weeks before you're actually pregnant. Anyway. <laughs> but he's. No. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> Please do. It's kind of great though, because you get a jump start. You're like, you find out you're pregnant. You're like. I'm four weeks pregnant. How wonderful. Let the morning sickness begin. Anyway. So, um, he's, it surprises me that he doesn't know exactly how long she's been missing is he was saying biz booth asks, when did you start having a sexual relationship with Maria? Mm. And he says, Oh, perhaps six months ago, but it would have had to have been longer than that. And did right, they only have sex she's one been time? Married for six months. Yeah. And she, she was pregnant for, so you're saying three weeks. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, the timeline does not add up. Like, unless they literally had sex one had time. Had sex, she got pregnant, and then she disappeared. And then she died. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like a weird situation. I'm surprised he's like talking about how in love with her he was. Yeah, he doesn't know how long she's been gone. And didn't she have a cell phone? Like, couldn't he have texted her? Like, yeah, no record of any of this. Try to find her. Kind of a weird situation. Didn't ask lawyers like don't answer any questions. Like you said, were you aware Mm. that she was in the country illegally? Were you aware she was pregnant? And there's no proof that you're the father. But and he's like, of course, I'm the father. We were in love. (laughs) <laughs> and i didn't even know where she went she disappeared but i didn't care and i didn't look for her <laughs> i didn't ask anybody <laughs> <laughs> just a weird situation but he seems I genuinely know. like so upset and i'm not getting murder vibes from him at this point no not at all neither is booth but he doesn't want him to leave town you know what i mean yeah. so booth uh, sends brennan off back to the lab to figure out how she managed to to get hit on the head with that bedpost like they have to figure out like technically how it happened they have to figure out the way she died bring so in they the go angelator back, yeah we go back to the jeffersonian and angela is put to work at the angelator i think the angelator is so cool she basically puts all this information in so she's like okay your top three suspects are senator corman he was six one Logan Corman, he was 5'10", Hector Santiago, 5'6". Also, I did not realize he was short. I thought he was much taller. They said he was 5'6", and I was like, he was? They said Logan was 5'6"? No, Hector. Oh, no, Hector. Yeah, he's not very tall. Yeah, I didn't remember him being... Like, I, I thought the senator was the same height as him. Anyway, I digress. And <sighs> Maria was 5'1". So mm-hmm. they put up this, like, picture of the California king bed with the seven-foot posts. They have this like image of her up on a ladder. Um, she's dusting, I think, in the image. Yeah. <laughs> she's dusting the posts. Yeah. Um, but based on the based on how they have her, um, the assailant would have had to be seven foot eight. I know, they, to... they, 
if she was just standing there, yeah, exactly. She'd have to, they'd have to be a giant person, which is like crazy. So, so it, they're trying to figure out different scenarios about how she would end up there. Yeah. And Brendan's like, okay, let's think outside the box. And I died. Angela was like, like go non-human. <laughs> no, obviously not. Oh my God. Like how would, how else would you end up in that position? So they kind of figure out, okay, maybe she fell. Mm-hmm. Maria was a maid, so maybe if she fell backwards, but no, that doesn't really explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, right. then they figure out what if she was yanked off the ladder? What if she was pulled off? And that would account for the situation. So they don't right. know if it's murder, but someone definitely was responsible for Maria's death. Someone definitely pulled her off the ladder, and it had to have been some sort of full grown man. Right. Which accounts right. for literally anyone in the house. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many. There's like 20 people working there. But anyway, um, so that's what they figure. They have to go back to the hospital to talk to Jose, her brother. And I'm just going to say this. This guy is amazing, this actor. I was like truly moved. He was very, as they were telling him the situation of his sister's death, like I guess what happened was she fell off or was yanked off this ladder. This is their theory yanked off the ladder. And then she got this horrible. Um, like his head injury, a head injury. And he found her dead. He found her dead at home. So he buried her with their father so that they would have a nice place to rest because they're all undocumented. It would. And if he reported deaths, then he'd have to like, you know, report a lot of other things too so it was too dangerous for him to report all these deaths and it's just really sad because his dad's dead his sister dies like a year later and it's like or no his father six months after their father died the 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 daughter the sister dies yeah that's so sad it's so sad and jose talks about how he felt that he needed to keep their them together because he promised the father that he would take good care of him. And the fact that she died made him feel like he had failed his father and he's ruined his family. Right. And they, they wanted him. They, he figured that if he gave them a beautiful resting place that at least. Yeah. He He made up for it a little. Yeah. He was really good. And this is where I wanted to bring back the rosary part. Um, because we're in this situation that he actually buried the bodies. I think now, like initially I was like, oh, you can get a rosary anywhere. Right. So it could be from the dollar store whatever. But now I know like this rosary would be special. It would be from somewhere like back home where he could, it's something that he would definitely, you would definitely bury with somebody. Yeah. So it makes more sense that it was an authentic rosary for sure. Yeah. Anyway, it's very useless information, but I just, I wanted to bring that back because I was so flippant about the whole rosary situation. I think we both were, we were both kind of like, this is stupid. The fact that they think that they could look at this rosary when like how they don't know what's going to be meaningful. And this is a shot in the dark. It's one of those scenarios that like we were saying, there's a couple of things that kind of just aligned perfectly. Right. And this was one of them. Um, I also think that it's interesting that we find out that they were all undocumented when the senator is like so adamant that everyone working for them is legal and like documented yeah. and citizens. 
Right. But I guess Hector, it was a racket with Hector because like the gangs would provide documentation to people so they could get work yeah. and then in turn make those people indebted to the gang on some level. So it's just like, it's so crappy. It is true that it's like this horrible, vicious cycle. You just can't see yeah. to be able to. It's hard to know, escape. Yeah. It's just awful. But anyway, I just really love the guy who played Jose. Another uh latin actor i don't know if it's right for me to say latin please correct me i, I don't think mind. That that's i can fine. take it another latin actor that i really appreciate i've seen him in lots and lots of things i just these guys were really 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 good and i just i just loved him he, he was a good crier he was a really good the crier. cast was phenomenal the, the yeah. cast of this episode was it was really good yeah um they end up so, back at so we have this like beautiful moment and then we end up back at um the senator's home back in logan's room and brennan wants to recreate this scenario but mm-hmm. she's saying okay um we're gonna set this ladder up close to this post and i have the ability because of my kinesiology background <laughs> that i can which is by the way the study of human movement um <laughs> that if you get up on the ladder then i can or sorry if i get up on the ladder if you pull me then I'll know if it was you that pulled Maria off this ladder. So the senator's like, mm, I'm not doing that. And his wife is like, oh my God, like, no, like, I don't care. You obviously don't pull maids off of ladders. Just show her that you, that like prove that you don't do that. Hmm. And so he does it very apprehensively, but he does it. And then Brennan asks Hector, uh, like Hector, are you gonna pull me down from this ladder? And funny enough, he actually responds to her. He's like, "See," si, which is the first time he's spoken Spanish to her, like yeah. without being spoken Spanish to. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, "No, no, no, no I'm not gonna do it." And Booth is like, "Yo, if he's not gonna do this, Hector." How did it happen? Did you tell her to stay out of Logan's room that you didn't approve? That like yeah. he needed to stay out of that she needed to stay out of Logan's like life and they can be lovers or whatever. And basically Booth keeps postulating scenarios and, and telling him, like, okay, yeah, no, Maria defied you though. She went to Logan's room. You got angry, you pulled her off the ladder. Yeah. And then Hector's like, yeah. It was an accident. Yeah. He uh, admits to it pretty quickly that he pulled her off the ladder and it was just like, yeah, he kind of gave in right away. Yeah. It was, this turns very interesting. Like he goes from admitting that, yes, he pulled her off the ladder, but like he was confronting her, pulls her, uh, she was injured, but she wasn't unconscious when he he took her yeah. home. He she seemed her, fine. She seemed she was fine. Go to a doctor. He, he gave her five hundred dollars so she could go to a doctor, keep quiet, and took her home. And that was it. And I guess she laid down and died. And that's how Jose found her. Was just like dead because of the hematoma. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We learn things in this show. And then this is an interesting turn I found. I just wanted to talk about this because then the wife, the wife is an interesting character in this whole episode. She seems very um, 
I don't know how, what the word is I'm trying to find for this woman to describe her, but she's very uh, aloof. No, she's <laughs> kind of bossy and just tell them, why didn't you tell us? Why don't you go here? Like she's just, well, she didn't even know who this person was shrill. She's very shrill and like, yeah, dismissive. And so she says to Hector, you should have told us that this was going on and this happened and everything. And then Hector turns, like his face goes like, what are you talking about? You don't want to know the truth. Like, you don't know, you don't want to know what's really going on in your house. Like, yeah. And yeah, he was just very like super angry with them for assuming that he would say anything because they were just living in this denial. And I mean, for people who yeah. don't know half their staff, yeah, I, I would agree with Hector. They probably oh, 100%. What he said know. is spot on. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know. You don't make an effort to get to know any of these people. No. Like, what are you talking about? Ugh. Well, actions have consequences. Mm. And two things happen. Hector yes. is placed under arrest for suspicion of manslaughter. Number one. Number two, next scene. Yes. Booth is approached by an FBI agent back at the office who tells him that, and he, this is some guy from the gang task force, uh, who tells him that Mayor Muerte has put a hit out on Brennan. Yeah. And Booth is like, I got the message, tell them thanks, and I'm going to deal with it. Yeah. And he's really upset. Also, this would never happen. No. <laughs> Like a gang would not put a hit out on a civilian. Like it just, it just doesn't ring true at all for these types of people at all. Like they're not even involved in like Brennan has nothing to do with their business, but Booth yeah. is really upset. He sits down. He's like very concerned. He's like, shit, what am I going to do? Because we have deduced a few episodes ago that maybe there may be a little bit of booth brennan romance situation i'm not there yet Brittany. stop <laughs> pushing it i'm saying that i can see what you're talking about but it's too early to say i think okay well they, he's protective of her he's protective they have a good relationship they're developing communication skills together yes these are relationship building moments i get it <laughs> but i'm not there with the romance yet Okay. And you also learn to love Hodgins. We'll get there. Shh, don't. <laughs> Never. Well, we end up at a cemetery. There's gonna there's a small funeral for Maria and Augustine. And Jose's there, his wife's there, the baby's there, Logan's there, uh, Brian and Angela are there, the, a priest is there, and I can't believe Logan is there. I'm sorry. Just... A little odd. Oh, so funny. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. And we find out that Brennan paid for this funeral, which is a little unusual, but very kind of her. Mm -hmm. And she is upset because Booth is not there. Right. Um, but where Booth is, is Booth? Kelly, Booth is tell me, busy. tell me where he, where he is. He's somewhere in a neighborhood, perhaps little El Salvador. We don't know, but he's tracking Ramon Ortez, the leader of Mara Morte. Eddie jumps him in an alley and threatens to kill him if he goes after Brennan. And then he puts the barrel of his gun in Ramon's mouth and just says, like, basically reiterates, 
Like if you touch her, I'll kill you. If anything happens to her, I'll kill you. Like I will find you. Don't even think about it. All this stuff. So then Ramon says, okay, okay, okay. And then he says, I'm going to walk away now. I'm going to leave first and you're going to, you know, walk the other direction. And then, uh, he turns around to leave and then turns around again and points the gun at his head. And he says, you know, just to remind him, like, I've got the gun here and that gun, I would like to know about Booth's gun. Cause it's big. It's a big gun like that he carries because and the way standard he, issue. I don't know. Then he, the look on his face, I'm going to take a picture of it because he kind of looks very sexy with this gun, like pointing it at Ramon's head. Oh my God. He's like a psycho. He looks psycho, but it's also kind of like very strong. Like he looks like very You're confident. Like, yeah. Was it before like- or after he called this gang leader essay? <laughs> She's I my partner essay. Don't touch my partner essay. I love that so much. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. <laughs> well, he does end up at the funeral eventually. Yes. Late because the funeral is now ended, but he gets there and Brendan's like, where, where were you? Mm-hmm. And, or she's kind of, she's a little bit understanding saying like, I hope you were doing something important. And, uh, he's like, I had something to do. She's like more important than the funeral. And he's like, I thought so at the time. Yes, it was very uh... smooch, smooch, smooch. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> and then we hear a sad Spanish song. So we that's do. It. That's the end of the episode. It was. Um, I like the way he said that. He's like, "Well, I thought it was important at the time. Like, you know, it yeah. was just. Yeah, it's interesting to go from threatening a guy to a funeral. I don't know. I just. Yeah, it was a big jump. We also. But we, I like the fact that this this episode gave me a lot of closure because we find out what's going to happen with Jose and his wife Rosa. Um, basically, they're leaving for El Salvador, but they plan to come back and and raise him back in America. But I guess for immigration purposes, they have to go back to El Salvador first. Oh, they'll probably get some papers or something. I was thinking yeah. about that. Like, how are they going to get back? Jesus, Murphy. Like, I guess they yeah. have their, their kids and American citizens. So it gives them some leverage, perhaps. A little bit. Yeah, probably. Probably. But so what did you think of the episode? I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, it was obviously memorable because the last time I watched it was two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at my notes. Um, for the record, uh, in case we didn't already mention it, I thought we were recording episode 14. So, uh, see you next week. <laughs> she watched the other episode and that's yeah. perfectly understandable. You did a great job. You had exactly the same notes. It was absolutely perfect. Did you like, it worked out well, whether you liked the episode or not? I, okay. Sorry. I did like the episode, but I did find it a bit. Like there are some episodes that are sort of more like uplifting. Mm-hmm. This was not one of them. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, but it was very well written. The cast was really, really good. The acting was awesome, spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a different side of Booth a little bit, more like aggressive than usual. 
we saw this empathetic side of Brennan, which again, we don't usually see. So that's kind of nice. Hodgins was tolerable. And we will grow to love him. No, Angela no. didn't do anything sleazy. <laughs> so that was great. And Zach wasn't all that creepy. So, you know, it was a win. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be an episode if Angela didn't put a smile on a dead person's face. But, um, oh yeah, <laughs> I liked all of the guest stars. I really do love yeah. these episodes. I'm enjoying this part of bones right now in season one. Of course, I don't know how it is later, but I like how they're bringing in, uh, a bunch of actors, you know, it's not just one guest star. It's like a whole bunch of people in the same sort of circle. So yeah. in the episode with the man in the wall, they had all those really cool, working you know african-american actors and then they have all these latin actors and then i just find it really interesting how they're doing this stuff they're bringing in a whole bunch of people from these communities and i think it's really neat i love seeing them i love seeing them you know i love yeah like like because this is a long time ago so it's really fascinating to see people where they are now compared to then but i wanted to mention the director of this episode is the same one as the girl in the fridge that really the episode that we just released. Isn't that fascinating? So it's that the same guy, same guy. They didn't guy. do any of those like cool shots. I didn't think like there is one shot in the girl in the fridge. There's one shot of um, when Brennan finds the second body by the pond. And there's a shot that's angled down on the ground and it's looking up at Logan and the Senator and his wife. They're all standing there in their V-neck sweaters and their button down shirts. Oh, okay. And I love, I took, I remember when I originally watched this episode, like a long time ago and the, the wife's face is, she's just going like her, she's wide eyed, like, Oh my God, you found a body in my garden. Like she's, her face is a riot. (laughs) What plants will we plant there now? (laughs) <laughs> you can have this nice big open area we can put Ooh. some new plants <laughs> some hydrangeas perhaps <laughs> oh my god that is interesting that that um you'll have to post a photo of that i will i will definitely but i was thinking again i agree with you not uplifting at all actually kind of depressing on some yeah. level like just how it's so hard to escape a certain kind of lifestyle, you know, if you're already in sort of a disadvantaged position. And I just, I always find that whenever I watch shows about the mafia or I watch shows about gangs or things like that, like I always find it like, Oh, it's so hard to get out of that life. Really, really is really is. Yeah. It's really, that was really sad. And even at the end, how they're, they end up being deported anyway. Like they're leaving, they're leaving for El Salvador. Like you can't win. And I was like, how the hell are they going to get back? I I don't know if it would have been meaningful or would have been good for them to, for Brennan, instead of, for, instead of paying for a funeral there, maybe to pay to bring the bodies back to El Salvador or is it better for them to be in the States? I don't know. Yeah, I never thought of that either because our whole family would be down there for sure. Yeah. I never even thought of that, Brittany. Because, I mean, you'd assume that they're Catholic too and they'd want to yeah. like be at Milagro de la Paz and have like be buried by that little church there. You would think, but instead they're being buried in a country that they're leaving, which is a bit odd, but. 
Yeah, it's very strange. Anyway, so again, it was, it was it, a good episode. It Just was a little sad. Good. But yeah, I just, it wasn't like uplifting. Like you said, I do appreciate the relationship between Booth and Brennan and how it's developing. Yay. Like specifically <laughs> how they're communicating, like the way she came back to yeah. the office and said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a cop. Like I don't react to things the way that you do. And he's like, I understand. Like they, it's just like, they're making the, an effort. Right. And like one of the most recent, a uh, recent episode um, was it, it was girl in the fridge. Sorry. Was, I'm just talking a lot about that one. Cause we just released it. So it's just the way he's, he let her, she was going on that date with her ex professor and he was going to say something funny, but then he held back and was like, no, have a good time. We'll talk tomorrow. Like he was just being very respectful to yeah. her when he wouldn't normally have been respectful. Oh, anyway. for sure. So when are we going to play some board games, girl? We'll have to figure out when to play and I'll have to bring Settlers of Catan and teach you. Yes, I would love we can that. Take a pic me. for our squint cast page. I would love that. All right. Well, I want to just thank everyone for joining us and listening to this episode. I want to congratulate us for getting through episode 13. I'm hoping that this episode will, getting over this episode will, you know, get us yes. moving forward. Push forward. Yeah, exactly. This was much better than our last <laughs> attempt. So if this one's bad, guys, imagine how bad the other Imagine how is. brutal it Like, I'm pretty sure I had, like, two hours of sleep. I was like, oh, I don't know. baby. Had, it was like. The baby, internet was cutting out. <laughs> internet, tired. I think I was, like, slurring my words. I was so exhausted. So <laughs> we were walking. We are like, talking slow motion. <laughs> Well, we, we got there this time. I think it was much better. Yes. Well, thank you again for listening to Squintcast. Squintcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Now I get to go pump. Thanks for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins! <laughs>